Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Page Turners Book Club. Uh, we have the Hancher House. We have Emily and Spencer as well, located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And if for the Balliers, where are you guys living at currently? Bridgeville. Oh, never mind. You guys are in Pittsburgh as well. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. And we have Eric and Kaylee in Spartanburg. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, close enough. Oh, where are you guys? Greenville. Greenville, sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm in down here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm. Raleigh? Right. So let's, uh, yeah, let's well, outside of Raleigh. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's get this show on the road. What does everybody think of? What book are we reading, Drew? <laughs> uh, Fears of Choice by the one and only James Conner. The first question is, why fear is a choice, Drew? Why did you pick this book? Do you want my honest answer? Nothing less. I picked this book because I bought it for my mom for Christmas, and I had always wanted to read it, and I knew if I gave it to my mom to read, she would read it, and then afterwards, I'd be able to borrow it from her so I could read it. And I didn't have to buy a book. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. why I picked Fear as a Choice. Okay. Second question. Did you read The Winter of Our Discontent? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. It's a didn't have to. He listened to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm excited to talk about this one. Drew, Did you, you write discussion know? questions? No. <laughs> Did you? Are we supposed to? No. <laughs> I, I had discussion questions. Am I prepared? I do. I'll get the ball rolling, though. I'll get the ball rolling, dude. Yeah. Um, how do I phrase this? I'll tell you what. One thing I didn't enjoy about the book that it seemed like there was a scenario and then he lectured hmm. and mm -hmm. I wasn't a big part of it. I don't think it was very free flowing. That was my, that's my first critique. That's my first comment. And I would love to hear other, what other people thought. I, I took this as it is a self-help book, right? And so he took, he took his story and then used it as an example for the, ultimate lesson that he's trying to push with the help that he can provide so yeah we kind of broke up the story because it actually was interesting to I read the story part of it to, yeah. to read his his journey um but then to to come back and like kind of pause that each time yeah it, it was okay so i understood why he did it mm -hmm. I like the idea though of it. I was telling him this, how each chapter was like almost like a lens on the story, like a different way to look at it. Like, uh, you know, the actual fear part of it. And then looking at his cancer story through like being supported by his family and then looking at his cancer story by not letting it define him. And then looking at his cancer story by but yeah, you can definitely tell like the last, there's like the last like 
three paragraphs of each chapter was like, and then here's what you gotta do, you know? I will say though, that there were a couple of things that you put in there that I was like, right, hmm. you're right. I should do that more. Like what were those things? Yeah. Like reaching out to people if they're having like a hard time, even if, in which like, I, I feel like that's pretty like high topic these days too. It's, just it's to, also very normal for people. Yeah, and I find myself a lot of times being like nervous or not knowing like should I follow up with someone if like something bad's going on like will I be able to talk to them the right way or whatever. So reading that, I was like, thanks, James. You're right. I should do that. <laughs> so, so you know, that's something I really took from it. Fear lives in isolation. <laughs> that's what yeah. he said, and I liked that. Was that you know it lives in isolate. It thrives in isolation. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so. Do you think it is important to have a support system and to reach out whenever you need help? I do. I'm not very good at that. Mm-mm, you're not. Even married, Mm-mm. even when married, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Those are delicate words for a big man. And you know, it was interesting. Uh, this hit hits home for me as a listener hearing this. I went to school in Erie, Pennsylvania, and it was interesting to hear him talk about the poverty in Erie. Yeah. Do you care to elaborate, Spencer? No, I um, just when he's describing the roads and the streets, like I just know where he's talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting to read somebody talk about Erie in like a positive way, because I think we all, well, maybe just me, jokes about how like. No, I didn't like Erie, but I didn't really fraternize with the people, I guess. You know what I mean? So I don't really know anyone except for like at the tennis clubs and stuff that I would play at. But um, definitely like James Conner more having read the book. You know, he's a, you know, you always kind of know his hometown guy and like there's no like scandals around him. So you got to imagine he's like a decent person. But this like, I like that he loves his family. Mm-hmm. I did really like that. I liked hearing his stories growing up mm-hmm. like as a kid. Seemed like he had a really good mom, which, yeah. were, which was nice to see. Yeah. Seemed like she really tried her hardest for like all those kids. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of kids. Yeah. <laughs> and to really take good care of them and everything and give them best the best life possible. Yeah. For what with seemingly small means. Yeah. yeah. And rose them up well i guess and like everybody had their role which is like yeah like they they like that that was probably the most impressive thing that everybody like kind of listened to you know it's just like <laughs> yeah, you had like horrible ways if you actually like okay this is my job yeah. this is my role in the house like that's pretty cool yeah so I like that it feels like he's a genuinely good person for sure like, I, I would agree that he was kind of a little preachy during it. Mm-hmm. And like, that makes sense. I, I, so I came into it not thinking that it was a self-help, self-help book. I thought that it was like, right, a, right. like just his story. Yeah. But it definitely yeah. is more of a self-help book than, than just his story. Yeah, like a memoir kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, Allison. I, I totally didn't realize it was a self-help book. Um, I mean, you know, it was nothing, I feel like nothing that we all haven't heard before, but maybe like good reminders, Yeah. you know, like kind of what Laura was saying, like 
reaching out and all that good stuff. So, you know, it was, it was all right. I feel like it was good for people who might be more emotionally closed off and like maybe they just are just picked it up because you know they're like fans of sports and they wanted to see what you know what he yeah. had to say about his story but like maybe it took something away from it that they haven't heard like from other like influence in their life for sure i will say i'm in this uh i'm in this this like professional development course like for social workers in sports and there's a lot of research being done, especially during the pandemic, about what they call identity foreclosure. And identity foreclosure is when the thing that you primarily use to define the totality of who you are ends. So like he was a football player forever and that's how he defined himself, or you know, like an athlete and then a football player and he like defined himself as that. And then it was taken from him with this diagnosis so like, you know, some of the stuff is like cliche, you know, oh, like I was gonna have the best year and I was killing it. And then nothing's gonna, nothing was in my way. And then, and like, if you're reading that and you're like, yeah, man, like, okay. So like, you're not, you weren't gonna go to the NFL, like worst case scenario, like worst case scenario, I guess, you know, you die, but like, if you survive and you can't play football, like you're alive, dude. But the fact is like, this, the part that I was really amazed at was how like encouraged and motivated he stayed because mm -hmm. of the like the actual like identity foreclosure like that was like really in the balance for him and that's something that we are seeing now like especially in the pandemic like not this year but like even last year that different seniors like didn't get to play their last semester right mm -hmm. and it's like the seniors not going to the pros, which is 99.5% of all athletes, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, they, that was it, like, done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what Love. we were talking about. Laura really wasn't sure, like, the, the, the youth, the, like, how sports work in college and stuff <laughs> like, no, it's just I like, no just like the, the fact that these people get their, you know, their rides to go to school, and then some decide to leave early, and like, and like we were just talking about how like the dream ends for so many people like at the end of you know college. at the end of college yeah. like all these dreams of going to the nfl and all that stuff like how it can just be so quick an injury something like that like yeah. that that whole their whole identity what they've been striving to try to get out of or do things can just end so quickly and just without much to do it's just like mm -hmm. it's just done so yeah. it's very sad to think how many dreams are dashed at the end of every season out there because they just know that they're not going to go forward with it. Another criticism. Like you've got to have a backup plan, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, well, you're not going to make it to the right? pros. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah. how many people, mm -hmm. like you said, 99.5%, whatever, don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then even so, like, if you make it to the pros, you're even less likely to make life sustaining money you know because like there's statistics on the nfl like it's like over half lose all of their money by the time they're five years out of the nfl wow i didn't know that yeah because they just a lot of these people are from yeah they're from you know underserved communities 
and then they get all this money and then whether they mismanage it or not, they're not, you know, making the correct decisions or whatever. And like, not to say they're blowing it, but it's like, how do you doesn't last long either? Well, yeah. Like how do you, you're more likely to make less than a million, but still like close to a million, you know, like a couple hundred thousand. How do you make a hundred, how do you stretch a hundred thousand 45 years, you know, like mm -hmm. some of them lose it. Mm -hmm. Especially if you leave, like if you go to, if you're going to college and you leave early, yeah, you, you don't, don't have to get a degree or something. Yeah. You, go to, right. you go to the pros for a few years, and then you still you didn't actually get the degree. So then you have to go enter like the regular workforce, and you're kind of like, well, what do I do now? Like you said about the the identity for uh, what was it? Foreclosure. Identity foreclosure. Yeah. Which that was pretty interesting because you see that at the end of um, like when people retire from their career as well. Yeah. I was, I was curious if, uh, do you think if he didn't have the type of upbringing like with his mom or if he got cancer, like what do you, what do you think impacted him choosing to go into the draft early? Like that he felt like he had a debt to pay to his mom for how much she raised him or like, was it the cancer? Mm -hmm. Do you think it was the injury? I took it as like, he didn't want to miss his chance again. Like he wasn't going to wait another year in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wanted to at least. Because he did get his knee blown out. Yeah. Like to start the season and then got caught with the, the diagnosis. So yeah, I could see that. But definitely mm -hmm. to his game. I think it's just what he always wanted to do. I don't think it's like that complicated and probably He's in his mind. I mean, that's like, I just couldn't believe. I didn't really like the layout of the book just because they kept saying the same thing over again but then I realized that Tiffany what's her name was a ghostwriter so she basically wrote it in his voice so that's probably why he probably I was telling Eric like he it's like any celebrity who has to talk to a lot of interviews so they end up saying the same thing like if you watch him on Fallon then you see him on like I hear the same guy on a podcast talking about they say the same exact story so I'm like that's mm -hmm. kind of how that book was laid out it's just like the same thing over and over again but I think I like I still really liked it because his character shown through like from the beginning from him saying like all I ever wanted to do was this and then when he got cancer he was literally like but all I ever wanted to do was this I told Eric if that was me and I got cancer I'd be like I am too tired to wake up mm -hmm. at four and and keep going. Like I just, I just could not believe the willpower of this guy. It's yeah. ridiculous. So I think that's probably why he started right off the bat. He's like, now's my time. I'm going to be drafted. That was inspiring. The fact that he kept up with all his workouts. And I just kept thinking he's not that much younger than me. So when he got cancer in December, 2015, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to graduate from Pitt. What am I going to do? And like, I didn't, we were on literally on the same spaces and I didn't think of him at all at that time. But I mean, it's just incredible that like, just the decisions, like you think you're very stressed out in one scenario. Meanwhile, this guy's like, I'm life and death, yeah. like mm -hmm. a couple of years younger. No, like, I think he did in a, the same platform. I think he did a good job of that, of like, you know, he's telling this story about him having cancer and how he had to persevere, but he also, whether, you know, I think it was partially him and partially who, the woman that wrote the book, but he did a good job of going, I know not, or at least making it seem like, I know everybody doesn't have cancer and not everybody's going to have to go through this thing, but 
let me turn that into a way that I can kind of I can kind of translate that into a way you might it might actually affect your life how you can take these lessons I learned from having cancer and put them into into yeah. your daily life and then I think that's where you went a little it was a little too much at some like it towards the end it's like mm-hmm. okay we we get this. it got a little heavy-handed at times <laughs> but I mean I think take him. the bull by the horns <laughs> people <laughs> Well, I, I was think crying you're... about that five-year-old, though. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, it got oh, pretty sad. Oh, <laughs> really sad. Like, can't deal with yeah, this. That, I cried. I cried. <laughs> it was just that was that was tough to read, but um, I mean, I I feel like I took this as I read a lot of these things as like things I would take as a dad to pass on. Like, there's a lot there you of go again. every book we read. There can be. <laughs> like, there, there can be. There. I mean, like. There, the, there's a few of them that I like. There's uh, when he was like, everybody can, uh, you can be kind to everyone, but make sure you're spending the most time with people who are going the same direction that you want to yeah. go. Yeah. I was like, I really like that. I'd like to like kind of think of that. And then that the idea of leadership is the same way. Like you, you want to be the one everybody facing the same direction instead of like looking oh, yeah, and like, and like, right. like there's like, there's a few of these like kind of life lessons that are just like, these that are pretty good to like kind of put in your pocket and think about later for, for, for little Maddie Ice Jr. to, to learn. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's apparently the, the nickname that uh, oh. Drew has given my son. <laughs> Oh Maddie, man, Maddie Ice Jr. That's so. as good as any, really. <laughs> Is Maddie yeah. Ice Jr. going to the wedding? By the way, no, no, he's gonna be sleeping <laughs> by himself. Yeah, he's just yeah, gonna. He's, he's just, fine. He's just put out. him in his grave. He can't get out. Mm-hmm. Joking. <laughs> I was curious. I was curious if he had a therapist during this. I mm. thought you meant Matt Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I think he's doing all right, Spencer. It's, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't know what's going on, face. Just because some of this is pretty like changing your perspective. Yeah. And you know, what's the information and what's really happening? I feel like, like if he did, he would have thanked them. Right? Like, yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. just wondering that too, Spence, like, th- these are pretty, like, you know, deep, mm-hmm. I don't know, conclusions. Uh, I was wondering if he, I was wondering that too, but he didn't, yeah, make any acknowledgement of that. I bet it, a lot of it has to do with his faith too. Like, it could be a pastor or something like that. He was helping him out with those kinds yeah, of things too. He didn't really too. talk about that either. He really just talked about praying, you know? Mm-hmm yeah oh that's true yeah mm-hmm. i don't know if like i don't know i feel like i think it was just a combination of all those people like he had mm-hmm. the right suit yeah just yeah pulled him or like like um i don't know who that other football player was eric something or was that the guy who had oh the chiefs the, the safety mm-hmm. yeah yeah Barry. yeah eric mm-hmm. oh i have my first mm-hmm. name right yeah mm-hmm. like maybe he gave him some pointers maybe i don't know some of it makes me wonder like because this is what like five years out from the diagnosis and when all that stuff happened like how much of this is maybe like him looking back and being like oh like i was i was doing this and that's mm-hmm. how i got through but maybe at the time he wasn't really consciously like 
I but think okay, it right. was. I think you're right because when I was reading the acknowledgments and then after that I googled the uh, author like she had to go and interview all these people in his life and then go back to him and be like what what do you think of this and he he wrote like something a line about his mother like thanks mom for being like helpful with this because you had to relive this basically like mm-hmm. the hardest time mm-hmm. in your whole life so he, yeah. he he had to do that too mm-hmm. he had to relive it all to get this down on paper it does seem like the fear is a choice was like a mantra that he had from the whole from the beginning because like it talked about how so many of his friends and family got the tattoo like pretty early on that's true mm-hmm. that sounds cool mm-hmm. yeah I want to say, like, his support system was amazing. I know. Like, <laughs> we like, so bad. <laughs> 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 a neck tat. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was like, pretty impressive. He had crazy support. I mean, like, mm-hmm. not only from his, like, crazy loving family, but then he had a whole football team. He had, you know, and then a whole university, and that university turned into like <laughs> yeah, the nation, and then Ellen, the Ellen universe came in too. <laughs> so I mean, like, he's he kind of he's got he he was really really lucky to have that many people. Yeah, and that like not as many people have that. I know. I was actually well, thinking that a lot. Any reading really. that too, mm-hmm. like, were there other like students even at Pitt who are going through the same thing? <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and like nobody knew. And mm-hmm. How were they doing? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought about that's... that a lot in terms of him being like, you know, I was, I had a greater purpose. I knew I still had something else that I needed to do, and yeah, you know, to get me through this. And I kind of had thought of like, well, there's other people that are going through this too, and they might not make it. Does that mean that they didn't have a greater purpose as well? Yeah, but he did say it. It was the fact that he ended up getting a second chance. At the mm-hmm. end, that that he felt like inspired that to do sense. more of this, like kind of outreach. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. I mean, that was good. But it is weird when it's like all focused. Like the whole thing is like focused on him, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And when your greater purpose is sorry, but like football. I mean, like I don't know. <laughs> I'm, oh, so, I'm right. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, football. Yay. Cool. But but the the crazy thing is, is that the NFL like a lot of people that's their heroes that's a lot of kids yeah. heroes that's a good that's point they, yeah you know, you're right up to these right. but i get yeah I get not to say that's the good thing and they really, they really but it's shouldn't. true mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think he's doing the most that he can with his platform for sure yeah. like that as, as a person i agree with that the platform part because to make meaning from the position and then because the other part like because Allison, you mentioned like it was preachy and that was like my criticism too. And I just flipped to the page that like, I think I had the most problem with was- What page? This song, oh, page 83. We have we two copies, we can- You don't have the same- <laughs> Both look at it. But he says, um, yo, he's really talking about his faith. I refuse to let go of my faith. Fear is a choice, so is faith. We can choose to believe in a higher power or we can choose to believe it's all on us personally. And I guess that's the caveat. Personally, I'd rather know someone else is there walking beside me than have to carry the burden all on my own. If God says who he says he is, I have no reason to be afraid. And not a lot of people have that. So I'm like, okay, well, like if that's the core of the book, 
then like if you're an atheist or if you're believe in a different type of god or i don't even know Mm -hmm. anything like other than like something that's comforting in there and watching you or this overhour power then like is this book going to make sense to you because so many times like i'm not a faith-based counselor i mean i i'm a i identify as a christian i'm not a faith-based counselor and it's Mm -hmm. easy to say like well you know like god has a purpose for everybody and i literally i legitimately believe that but Mm -hmm. i think like that's the part of this that I was kind of curious of how he would address in how do you find something to toggle yourself to so like I was destined to be an NFL player and like there are mm-hmm. other people like that maybe who don't lean on faith like mm-hmm. like can't take this away from me you know mm-hmm. so I, I don't think it was insensitive but I just thought it was like well, he's telling his own story. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. what I kept like. I mean, I think. I think personally, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's for people who who may like once again, it, they may not be who, who is who is like really religious or into faith, but could lead them to somewhere where if he found peace and comfort in this, then somebody else could as well. Uh, you know, just opening an example for somebody because I mean, there's thousands of different ways to to get through these things. And this was just his way and, uh, you know, finding his way. And he's just, you know, sharing that with the world. So if it helps somebody else and that's good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it would reach 100% of the audience. I think yeah, that would be hard, yeah. really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. No. And you can tell that while he's talking, you know, because he's always in my experience and my experience and this helped me. And, you know, if I can just help one person, Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't think I would recommend this book to like people going through a story, you know, cause it's like an authentic look at who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's amazing. Um, like you said, like his will, his determination, like how he was able to use his like goal and determination to like move through like all the like the 4 a.m workouts and what it all meant it's like it's so hard for people to find that it's like what it, i mean you know people and like he didn't even know then that that many people cared like i know he was talking about it was mm. cool at the end of the jerseys but he was like i didn't know my jersey was flying off the shelf as like the number two jersey in the nfl yeah. and then but at the beginning when he had all that willpower, he didn't know that that many people cared about it. Because when you said, I was when you said, I wondered if he had a counselor or something. I thought, nah, but the like the sheer pressure and like the platform that he had probably pulled him through to have to come to terms with it as quickly as quickly as he did. Because it's just like he just had to figure it out. And uh, but before that, I I just think that that guy is just strong generally, just because. He yeah. just did it just because he, that was his yeah. dream. I'm like, what the heck? Like, I think, I think he was yeah. just Who has dreams like that. <laughs> He's just a survivor in general from being like one of the little boys growing up too. So yeah. it's like something he's had to yeah, do. He always fought. He's always had to like, point, you know, He's always had grit. He's always been in <laughs> You have fight. to. Mm-hmm. I wish they talked a little bit more about like the sensory aspect of chemo. Because uh, he, he talked about the poison going inside of him, right? But I wish, like, 
he gave more description of what chemo felt like and what it felt like practicing. I thought it would be more of that, but then when I saw the end about the part about his mom, I was like, maybe that you don't want to relive that. You don't want to describe yeah. every part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a good one, Drew. Good would question. You want yeah. to, would you want to explain the details of a kind of a harrowing experience to somebody who maybe just learning about their diagnosis it's probably like protecting the cancer community by not it was actually it was hard to read whenever i was going through it even though it wasn't that bad um because like my, my grammy like she she bought she fought like cancer and had to go through chemo and she was unbelievably strong through that fight like because we would go over and visit her and every so often you wouldn't know that she's been through so many That's rounds of chemo, yeah. chemo. So it's like everybody can be strong in different ways. It's it's pretty amazing. But uh, just like reading that and like seeing like how, how sick he got and just thinking there's no way that you know, my 83 or 82 year old grandmother didn't go through that too. So like, yeah, that was, that, you know, that was tough. That was tough to read. I like that. I like the Popeye story, not the Popeye story. The Popeye story. Mm -hmm. I think that I... one's closed. It's closed now, I think, right? Is it? It's the I one thought, on bottom. I thought they got shut down like a long time ago. There was one. It survived the story. heat. Yeah. Um, the, the bashing. The bashing. Yeah. <laughs> I did think of that too. <laughs> Mom's devastated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten at a Boston market. That's no, just a real, real items. That's true. We don't want to lose a sponsor right now. <laughs> <laughs> we love Boston Market. Uh, Boston Market, come back. <laughs> I'll try your food. And, uh, that's that's the other thing, too, is uh, like, because <clears throat> Alex uh, at Mercyhurst, mm -hmm. he was diagnosed with testicular cancer when we were in the and we were sophomores so when he was 19 so like i had a lot of like mm, you saw it like back and forth with the book and i definitely cried when he like told his team oh. um, when he told the teammates before like the press conference and he like broke down and because i remember viscerally alex telling me that he had like testicular cancer and what it meant and like where we were standing in approximation like in the dorm room or the, mm. the park whatever and then like i remember like wanting to go visit him and like the showing up chapter was like really big and just like and then the part at the end where he's like there's always that you're left with that anytime I get a cold I'm like this is it it's back you know what I mean and I feel like I I like that he acknowledged like the full spectrum of it yeah yeah I didn't even think of that until I read that so it was weird that yeah like Kaylee you said like we're all kind of James Conner is not that much younger than us like two years three or four years depending so it was like interesting being in the same i remember like being in college mm -hmm. like i remember thinking like oh like i was living on thomas when he was at hillman cancer center like yeah. that's like mm -hmm. interesting to think about mm -hmm. yep i was at the game that he got hurt and then like like initially and you know thought that sucked and then 
I remember watching that press conference and, and seeing that. And, uh, and then I remember the game that he came back. Like I can, I, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, I would say, I would consider myself as a, a James Conner super fan at this point for how long his career. And so it's just, it, it's, it's, I feel like I've been on that journey with him at least because I've been, I remember thinking about it. I signed that card. Um, Did you really? Yeah, I was, I was at the, the, uh, I was at the bowl game. And so, yeah, like, so I've been, I, I've been a part of this journey and, and been thinking what about it. What if he called you out and then met yeah. Hanfer, <laughs> I remember this I just knew that name. Saw you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There's this one guy who cheered really loud. He got really mad. No, no. Uh, there was this one guy who signed it twice. It's yeah. you and your dad. Yes, it might be my dad. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> but really, though, it's um, it his. I mean, I'm 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 a big fan. I just uh, his story is really cool to me, and I'm really happy that it happened here. And and like it's somebody that it's like, like we said, like he just feels like a good person to actually look up to whenever there's, you know, a ton of stars out there that, you know, really don't deserve that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, I liked, I liked his story. Well, you hear about like, like, well, Antonio Brown has his own issues, but you know, you hear about like how AB is like, you know, misogynistic and definitely has sexually like assaulted people. And then it's just nice to know that like, yeah a book like this like james connor like seems like a legitimate like like nfl national felon league like he's definitely like doesn't seem like a felon you know he seems yeah. like a nice mm-hmm. like legitimate person mm-hmm. yeah gives you hope that there's more of them out there yeah exactly or you don't hear about the ones you don't hear about them, no. right yeah, that's sad. true yeah sad. like i'm sure a majority of people out there in the nfl are amazing individuals but you only hear about the bad ones, or at least the attention gets put on them. I, it's just uh, there's one thing I didn't. There's two things I want to take away from this book. Is is one that um, James Conner believes that Steve Urkel can 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 bring world peace. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> and, like and two, I know Kaylee says I, I always ask like do you watch Family Matters she's like I didn't like that show I'm like how dare you Amazing. <laughs> oh, I, liked, I liked Family Matters I didn't yeah. we didn't watch it well it was it was a completely different show and then Steve Urkel like it was just a regular family sitcom and then Steve Urkel showed up and then everybody loved Steve, Ur- Steve Urkel and I'm like alright let's go with this and then it became a comedic like goofball yeah. show <laughs> it is are, are we going to read about Steve Urkel next? This has now become the Steve Urkel. I'm going to change my book. <laughs> Steve Urkel, our <laughs> next sponsor. Right, hold up. We got to get out the book, history book of Steve Urkel. Um, <laughs> but then the, the second thing is that it said that Pitt played Maryland in this oh book. They did not. They played Iowa that year. And I'm really pissed at Tiffany Brooks and also James Conner for missing that. Uh, <laughs> so bigger fish to fry. So wrong. <laughs> I don't think we even played. We've never played Maryland. Yeah, they're not even the same conference, right? No, they, that was the that was their Big Ten. Big well, that was before y'all were ACC. Did he even? No, they were in ACC. Okay, because Maryland's ACC, I thought. No, uh, they were. They moved. They were there. okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which was, game did they get wrong? Uh, they they in 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 2015 they said that 
like, oh, the team was getting ready for the big game against Maryland. I'm like, they didn't play Maryland that year. They played Iowa. I thought he was talking about the bowl game. No, it was the game after. Um, it was the it was the game after he got diagnosed. It was oh, when he went to the teams. Oh, like yeah, everybody's preparing for Maryland. <laughs> but really, I didn't know. It was Iowa, and they lost that game. <laughs> yeah, it is. Weird. It is weird. <laughs> I would have double checked that when you know a bunch of football people are going to buy that. Not knowing it was the self help book. Yeah, especially like, ah! fans. Yeah. And I, I went to the, the right. Twitter Discord and I said, did you guys notice this? And everybody was like, yes. So oh I wasn't alone. <laughs> oh like, we we're all outraged right now. <laughs> <laughs> At least 10 more people are mad about this. <laughs> There's dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. <laughs> you should invite him to the club. Fear is the choice. But I'll, you know I'll, po- I'll post the discussion on, on there. <laughs> the minutes. I'll put the minutes on there. Nice book, Drew. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> have, I, there was one thing I liked is that he he made fear a living thing, a living thing, metaphorically. Hmm. Like he would talk about how, you know giving anxiety these anxieties space in my head allowed them to have power over me like i like metaphor so it's like seeing like all those things like he made fear a living thing in the book which was interesting to see it's like that's how he visualized it or at least talks about it um so it was really neat to see like how much of a battle you have against fear and when you kind of visualize it that way and uh, i really enjoyed that metaphor when I was reading through that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about the uh, Carson letting them play hoops? The heck, Carson! Right. Oh, yeah. ripped out. I was nervous on that. Just saying. Mm-hmm. When he was in middle school. No. No, 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 no. When he was in chemo, and they like they went to play oh. basketball. He took his mask off. I know, he took his mask off. That was like the part that stuck with me the most. I was like, oh my God, no, we didn't do it. (laughs) In this this climate? (laughs) The mask mask thing was funny because now we're all like. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I had to wear a mask when I went out in public. (laughs) (laughs) But I did say before, like on the bus at Pitt, if I saw another person wearing one, I'd be like, what the heck? Like, why <laughs> I'm in danger. And now it's the other way around. They have. Yeah, I'm in danger. Yeah, I really, I used to think that too. It, or the fact that, I mean, my conception of what a mask has definitely changed because I, I figured it was they were sick, not they needed to be protected from getting mm-hmm. sick. Yeah. Um, that was so getting through all this has definitely enlightened. It's how I thought. Well, we still see how we see masks. Right, right. And hope hopefully we won't have to see them much more often. That's I think you said mm-hmm. it uh a couple weeks ago, talking about like over in Japan how a lot of people wear a mask and how much empathy they mm-hmm. have. And we always right. thought when it. yeah, when you realize that the mask is not to prevent, it's to keep others from getting sick from what you have. Like oh, part. like they're actually the nicest most considerate people in the world 
I had a couple of patients that came in to um, be seen and they were, um, I think they were from, I think they were from Japan actually. Um, they were, I don't remember. I think it was Japan. But anyway, they were wearing masks and, and I was like, you don't have to wear that. And they were like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to get sick. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and this was, you know, 2019, you know, right. Mm-hmm. I was going my clinical and everything. I thought this was recent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to wear it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, um, okay. Okay. No, it was, it was back then. And I was like, it doesn't oh, exist. It's all a lie. Yeah. What's moving? <laughs> That's but cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I really consider it. It is. Mm-hmm. It is now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is now. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so let me see the book. Do we have any more questions? Uh, how long is how long is this time allotted for? We're all night long, baby. Oh, okay. I wasn't because for Microsoft or for Zoom, I know it's like a time limit. I wasn't sure. Oh. No, this is uh, this is this is a paid version, dog. Unlimited. That's <laughs> a premium member. Yeah, look out. Um, honestly, I know uh, this is kind of ahead of the time, but who thinks James Conner is coming back as a lure? A prey, but I don't know. I don't know. That's he's gonna. My dad said when he saw this book, he was like, At least he's gonna be making money this way. I was like, Oh, bad. I thought it was that reminded me though of when his he had his first game back and he did really well. I was like, Yeah, story. It's like a sea biscuit situation. He was screaming so hard. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. And then a call with Mike Tomlin. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Mikey T. Coach T. Love to see it. Love to see the shout outs. Yeah, yeah, I did think I did think a couple times just like it is disappointing that the like in the last year it was just like what happened. <laughs> you went eleven and zero and then lost the last few games. It's not she talks like you guys didn't win a single game last season. It was just sad. She's also don't 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 well. We started. I'm amazed you don't blame it on me. We started dating and then they started losing. I blame it on you, but it's all right. That's fair. Mm -hmm. What's um? Did anybody have any? Did anybody have any (laughs) fundamental perspective shifts from the book? Did anybody? Was anybody's perspective changed? Uh, To be honest, I mean, I. It's a very inspiring story. It's very impressive that he went through all this, but I feel like I've read many other books in my life that say the same kind of thing or watched a lot of shows or even YouTube videos or whatever that have the same kind of ideals. And I mean, I, you know, I grew up in the church my entire life. I went to a Christian university for college. Like I've heard a lot of this over and over. So it didn't really change my perspective. I think he has a very, uh, a very good perspective for, especially anybody that's battling not only that but like I said how he kind of translates it into your everyday life and you may a lot of us are never going to battle cancer but I think he made a few points I can't remember exactly what I think it was towards the end where he's just kind of like you know I know you're not all going to deal with this but even if it's this minute thing you know you can handle it because 
you don't need to be scared of it. And he's like, if I can not be scared of cancer and then go back, you know, kill it on the field and then go into the pros, you can, you know, mm-hmm. go call the doctor to make an appointment or something, you know, whatever kids mm-hmm. are nervous of these days. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> I think it's just, I, I think he has a very good perspective and it's one I've grown up hearing a lot. Um, but I mean, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing new to me, no. but I think it's a very good perspective to have for sure. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think about it. If and it took anything huge away from it, probably just what Laura said, like, you just gotta mm-hmm. think, you just gotta think about other people more, probably. <laughs> well, in a different way, right? In the way that more often than not, everybody's, everybody wants to help you. You know, like you're, you're, you're going to just, you know, more people are, are willing to help than not. So, yeah, yeah. and uh, they remind me of the specific example that was like, if something happens, you should just write that down for yourself. So you remember like, oh, I remember last year at that time you, you had a rough yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful how far you've come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's, you make, that's a really nice idea. He makes a point uh, at one point, I think he's like, doing things for us since we're talking about that doing things for others it can be so minute but it can still mean so much because he talked about when he was fighting it um you know the little things that people would do for him that to them it probably just seemed like he you know they were just asking him how he was doing or you know kind of checking in on him but to him it meant the world that he had all these people uh, you know a lot of that he didn't even know but then got to know over time that just seemed to care so he's like i think he said yeah. something like check in on people you don't have to write some long message about you you know how your condolences and how you feel bad about all the things just say hey i'm just checking in on you or you know are things okay you know mm-hmm. which i think I'm is gonna, a way to- that's a good takeaway i'm gonna shout out to m toll it's the first time i've ever called her m toll <laughs> <laughs> i know i don't call her m toll everybody else calls her m toll i don't call her toll but um the fact that like how <laughs> Um, I think you remind me of James Conner. Oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with it. I think M reminds me of James Conner because the little things like, no, you're not like the pump up guy like in the locker room. It's oh the leadership chapter. I was you're not the yeah, pump up guy in the locker that. room, but you're always you're always present and you're always looking and you make it a point to know everybody's name, mm. which like, I am the first one to say like, oh, if you tell me your name, it's in one eye out the other, right? You know, like I'm good with faces, but like whatever. And then when I met M, she's like so adamant about getting people's names right because everybody has a name and to know somebody's name is to like respect them at a base level. And anytime somebody tells me their name, I like try to like remember it. Cause like, I'm thinking about her, but like, that's the kind of person that James Conner is and like that secret, like not secret, just like that quiet, like the person everyone's looking at that's always grinding, that's always putting in the hours, that's maybe not getting back right away. Like having to play second fiddle. Like, I really like how he talked about that, you know, like he didn't get to do running back in high school. So he like, okay, like I'll play defensive end or I'll play defense. And he like played it hard out. And then like, then he gets drafted. Then he gets on a team behind Lev Bell, mm-hmm. which is greatly like, okay. I made it. Okay, but now I'm playing behind Lev Bell. Like that's like you. I know. I just saw about you the whole time reading this book. Mm-hmm. I love you, Emily. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> that is true, though. He said it's like he even na like name drops the guy that pushed the sandwich cart around. At the mm -hmm. Right, Came that's him. him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, that's nice. Yeah, that's I like a good that. way to be. Nice. I'm gonna like try that. to be more like that. Like that. I haven't thought about I people's like names more in my entire life. Mm. Thanks, Steve. Carol. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like 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 Eric. Um, like nothing was really new. If anything, it just solidified it a little bit more. It's just it just reminds you of like these little things and just different perspectives to take. Um, like I said, those are those little dad things you want to take with you to think about. But the one thing I, I noticed was his his way of thinking about goals versus targets. I thought that was kind of interesting. I kind of skipped over that part to be honest, because I was like, I. What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I just think it's like a different way of thinking. Like, so like the goals were like the big overarching things that you're always working towards, but the targets are what you got to focus on to get there. And uh, I think I thought that was like a good thing to take away um, for me personally. Other than that, and you know, make sure that like always be open and, and look for help when you need it because. I feel like I have a hard time with that because it's like, what's my everyday goal? Like, what's my big goal? Like, I don't have a job or a project that I'm working on. I mean, I know it's mm -hmm. raising my child, but mm -hmm. like, I guess that's why I skipped over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it that. doesn't have to be yeah. what you do with your work. I mean, it could be yeah. like physically and, you know, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anything. That's like a real, um, like methodology though. It's like make, to make change, like, you're supposed to celebrate like small wins along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. So there are like books on that um, mm -hmm. that I'd read for grad school. So like, yeah, mm -hmm. um, what he says is um, definitely a, a real way to look at things. Um, yeah. The, so, like the... we're talking about targets versus goals. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I took that away and I was like, I like that. Um, and uh <clears throat> what else like and um you know the the showing up one was really cool yeah and he, was, he said like showing kindness to other human to others is what makes us human true compassion for others shows people's true colors i was like so right You're so right jc mm -hmm. so, i always i always think that's big and it and i've always i've said this to others it's like there's one thing that i like somebody asked me what's what is your biggest hope for Matthew oh yeah and I said for him to be kind and that's all like oh. I, that's the only thing wow. like if, if you could be kind because Ellen said it once no, <laughs> no. screw Ellen she's mean uh, yeah I told Kaylee that she didn't believe you that Ellen is a terrible person sorry Ellen we're not going on the show <laughs> she's a terrible person but anyway erases Ellen from possible donors <laughs> yeah but anyway uh, i like there's there's been a few like big things like quotes and thoughts in my life that i do think kindness is probably like the one of the most important things to to be and to like uh, exude from yourself um i mean like one of my favorite quotes is from conan o'brien is is the fact that if you work hard and you're kind to others everything you know will end up, end up working itself out for you so like I, i've like taken that with me too it's like just if you're just good to other people 
they will be good back to you and your life is just so much more blessed after that. So, um, so like those things are definitely like those key things that I always think about too. So makes me, makes me happy to read too. Yeah. I liked uh, whenever he went back and told his roommate that he had cancer mm-hmm. and his roommate was like, oh, I'm here for you. And like, that's all he said. And then they sat in silence eating Chipotle the rest of the night. And I think <laughs> as a therapist, I struggle with that because we put a lot of pressure on like things that we say. Mm-hmm. And I have learned within the past two years that I don't need to say anything. I just need to be there pretty much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I that that was like the biggest part of the book that resonated with me is like the silence part. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's sweet, man. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, right? <laughs> no, I mean, cause a lot of, I hear what you're saying, like there's pressure to say the right thing. And if yeah. we go in with expectations of, oh, I'm gonna say like this fire statement and like, I'm gonna heal this person or that's gonna be whatever, but we have no, we have no idea what, how the person's going to make meaning, Yeah, you know? So like creating that space. Cause yeah. So I, I agree with you, dude. Like you just, the idea of like not feeling like you have to like say the right thing. If you feel like you have to say the right thing, though, doesn't that like make it about you and not about the person? You know what exactly. I mean? Like Right. But you'd be shocked at the amount of, people in the authority position of therapists that are like there to like get get their jollies you know Mm -hmm. but you think it'd be that way you're exactly right you know yeah the biggest thing i learned about james connor is just that he did a lot of like random acts of kindness and just goodwill without even really thinking about it it was just kind of the type of person that he was he wasn't expecting any kind of uh, feedback or any kind of reward or anything for it but then like those that like qualities made him such a person that people wanted to root for so that like when he was at his lowest people showed up for him without a second yeah. thought because like they knew that he was like a good person and that he would be there for them if the same thing were to happen or something and it was yeah. just like his family, his friend, like it was almost like he had like all these different families. That's how close people yeah. felt to him. Like he felt like such a, like a solid person that people could like rely on. And then they wanted to be there to, for him to rely on. Like it was pretty inspiring in that way. For sure. Like how it's written there after that, his friends, um, his sister, Megan. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> cool. Good. Just a nice person, yeah. Yeah, it's just impressive. Mm-hmm. It reminded me kind of like of the type of person that I hope to be, you know, um, and how like small things that you can do like throughout your days can make you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like like everybody else has said so far, you know. I mean, I feel like it was kind of nothing new really but it's just like a good reminder yeah like a bob ross painting you've seen a thousand (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah my favorite part about it was just how self-aware that he was just 
pinpointing like especially when like when he went back and stiff armed that guy and that that comeback game and he said right then like I knew like I just think there's not that many and I can't think of that many for my own life but like I guess do you all have like those like it was like a pinnacle moment where he was like I am like I am living right now like this is it and back like on just track. that he was yeah. at he just knew like he said he didn't he say it kind of like he, he sat in it for a moment he could like yeah. see it happening yeah. Yeah. i think and he was like this is moments. my great life. question mm-hmm. one of so those moments thought, is when, yeah oh, sorry. whenever that old man came to us at the uh at the cabin valley i felt <laughs> oh my so God. alive in that moment because i was <laughs> So scared. What <laughs> old man? Don Augustine. <laughs> <laughs> so for Valley's uh, bachelor party, we rented this cabin in Ohio, Ohio. And um, at one point in time, this old man pulled up uh, to the front of the cabin, opened the door, beer fell out beer cans fell out of like i'm not i'm not joking beer yeah, cans fertilizer can yes and of uh, what he, his job of his purse no, yes God. yes and he, he came oh down to, yeah he came down to the property with the beer in hand and um <laughs> he started trying to he started talking to us and he said that his ancestors his mom and dad built this cabin and he wanted to look around and there was just a bunch of 20 year old guys shitting their pants <laughs> because we had no idea what to do with this guy. Yeah, what, what, what can I say right now, Don Augustine? No. <laughs> it was so weird, but I do remember That's, feeling- He's so like, yeah, it looks a little different. He's like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't looking like the place I grew up anymore. And he went and took a pee on the, uh, like near the basement door. And then kind of just walked around for a while. And we're just like, what? Yeah. You said there's a key on the basement. No, no, it was it was a wild time. You felt very alive. Well, that, I felt very alive because I thought I was in danger. Glass of tea. You had a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was that was that was insane. But lay by the bay, eat some hay. Just me. I'm trying to think of uh, Kaylee's question. Which is yeah, so great. that was a really good question. Oh, moment, pinnacles, moments of feeling alive. No, you're alive. Ooh. Tough one. Yeah. If anyone comes up with one, I'm going to be pumped. I don't have anything. All these I mean, weird people and people <laughs> yeah, with children. <laughs> but that was a blur so i can't even honestly say that that was like that was yeah i guess like it at was the end that i was like whoa yeah what what, what are you talking about like, like, mm-hmm. holding oh, holding okay. him for the first time was insane i thought yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> again mm-hmm. a little crazy Spencer, I feel like you have these moments every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to like pick one that actually means something. Uh, the best day of my life. <laughs> I know. It's all the perfect leave. <laughs> yeah, I am like that. And my life is awesome. <laughs> um, 
I saw that, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I was trying to pick one with you. Oh. I don't know. Well, like even our wedding, once again. What about you? Or... Well, that's what I was saying. This guy's just so self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> you got you were rife with emotion. Maybe, yeah, I was rife with emotion after finishing the marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. That was pretty rough. It's life changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that one. That was Did dead. you feel alive after the marathon? Did you feel dead? <laughs> I would feel dead. Valley <laughs> <laughs> no. was like, let's do it again. Oh God! Let's go like, yeah, let's <laughs> Is this the halfway point? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like okay. There's like a weird, a weird time that I feel like I felt alive, and it's really dumb, kind of. But like whenever we were at Governor's Ball in um, music yeah, music festival. And I just remember dancing to Yay Sayer, and we were just dancing and like talking about like future plans and just like completely like free. It just felt mm. so like mm. felt so alive. Like yeah. <laughs> we were just like like we were in the back, so like nobody was near us, and I was just like being dumb, and it was so fun. Like it, I felt so alive. It's <laughs> a great one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I I feel like I had one of those moments at Sphere, just having just so much fun <laughs> Like seriously, I just, I just, yeah. like, like, it was just, I feel uh, alive when I'm just, yeah. just the music and being there in yeah, the moment. Yeah, you did love Sphere, yeah. that's true. I really do like that. Did that close? No, they're still making pizza. They're, they're, they're surviving. <laughs> they're thriving. Oh, like, they're like, surviving. Oh, okay. It's confused as a business. It's not like a club. Uh, (laughs) Oh, not a club club. It's a state of being. It's an old... uh, It's it's more like a religion. (laughs) I think for me, I remember I was thinking about this and since we're going down this path, mine would probably be when I was a teenager, I was like, I just started college and me and some friends started a a little rock band and we were like, oh, this is is what we're going to do um this is like i'm like i'm gonna just quit college and like just be a rock star needless to say didn't pan out that way but we did have a period of time i remember was new year's eve of it's already great yeah to that yeah she gives me shit for always bringing up the mid 2000s those were those were my years right Uh, um so it was like end of 2006 into 2007 and we went down to the, clo- the coast of Florence to play with like this really big band at the time and uh, I remember going no one here is gonna know who we are like we're just you know we're just playing because they're paying us and it's like a, a free show to play and I remember looking out into the crowd while we were playing and seeing people like sing our songs and then like talking to people afterwards wow. and then going like oh yeah we can't like I just came to see you I'm not even, and I was just like this is it this is what I want and then of course <laughs> So I was oh, like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, I remember that just being like, this is what I want and this is what I'm doing and it feels great. And then you lost target. Yeah, I lost. I missed that. I missed that target. <laughs> oh. But Amazing. it was a fun few years cool. of my life for sure. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, cool. that's really cool. Drew, do you I get can't one? believe you don't have one, Drew. Yeah. I know. I'm honestly. <laughs> Really struggling with it right now. Was it a save, save in hockey? I was thinking about that. 
I was also I was like Valley, I was thinking about the marathon. But you know, it's it's super weird. Uh I was thinking about um your birthday Spence at Matt's at Matt's apartment. Mm. And that was like all our right. first day as like all all together, like our first community. Uh I don't know. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, yeah, I don't know why. And I just remember the ride home uh, with Alex and Teresa way in the back and that guy going through a red light. And all of us knew, and all, every single one of us uh, were impaired. And we all knew, <laughs> besides the guy driving. <laughs> so your, your Uber driver rolled through the stoplight, like ran through the stoplight? Yeah. That's what I remember. That. Really rolled right through a stoplight. That's dangerous. Yeah. Did you report on that moment a lot? <laughs> Times you feel alive. I mean, Kaylee, I know you're laughing at me because, like, you feel like I have those moments every day. But, like, I think what James Conner has is, like, gratitude and appreciation. And maybe yeah. he had it before, maybe he had it after, um, especially after, like, his cancer, like, phase of his life or whatever. But, like, because I feel like I have gratitude in my life like I try to appreciate something every day so like yeah like I can't think of like one like giant one I do remember like I knew I was going to go to college so I remember I drove to our graduation ceremony like absurdly is that that's even a word early I was there like two hours early in my full high school high school and I remember sitting in my truck just like looking at the school and being like, this is it, like moving on. You know, not like trying to get away. Cause like, we just like, I had a good time in high school. Like, like I was fine with high school. Like it didn't define me, but like I to go, it was a good time. But um, I think like, what's nice about like me and Drew, like being a therapist. And I just told this to mom the other day, like it is so interesting. Cause I meet people at their like worst in their lives and a lot of people are at literally just today i had a client tell me that they feel like they are in the middle of their lives and they're young we're like the same age right so like they said that everything up to this point seemed like before and now it's the rest of their life meaning like what they're going through is like defining for them so being part of that and like whether I had impact on that or not, which I doubt, but like, you know, I'm sure I had some just like listening or like trying to make me help them make meaning with like theory or whatever. But those like types of moments, like I get freaking jacked from my like sessions every day. Like somebody has something like that. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm like part of this unique time in a person's life. Mm-hmm. So that's like this book is like, it was also cool because it's like, you know, the cancer story is such a unique in, and unless you've had cancer, you have no idea what it was like. Yeah. Or like, this is like an invitation to like, enjoy that solidarity. So that's why I love my job. And I know Drew, you understand like other people, you know, like in like a helping profession, you too, Allison, of course, like people are like, nobody wants to be at a hospital or like people are like, what a time in their lives, like having children, like, you know, it's just such a, every time from those moments is always 
before and after when I like meet these people. So um, that's my answer. That's cool. Good answer. Yeah. Well, so every time Spencer starts the meter, his life has changed. Rack <laughs> 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 it up, baby. I did say love wins today in a session. Really? <laughs> they, oh, thought well, it was, they thought it was hilarious. And I was like, yeah, I had a goofy roommate. He said only two things, love wins or roll rams. Baby. Roll rams. <laughs> <laughs> when you said high school doesn't define me, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you think it's it's time? Do you do you, do we want to give our final ratings for oh, I forgot about this one. James Connor rating? Fear is a choice. Wait, let me bring up the, the doc one second. How you doing? Are we rating it out of ten or out of five? Uh, last oh, time we did yeah. whatever yours. It's whatever you want. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, whatever you want. Okay. Wait, 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 let me get the, the document. It's gonna be very easy. Get a bit of five out of ten because it was, it was. I didn't shout out. It. Shout out to Andrew Sweat if you're listening now. Emily Sweat's older brother, but I remember being in middle school and he, and he was when he was in high school on the basketball team because we would like do like the, they would invite the middle schoolers sometimes to do things. I was we were young, right? Maybe sixth, fifth grade. And he would always say, on a scale of 68 to 82, how like ready are you for or whatever? And I thought that was the funniest <laughs> in the world. Because it was never one to 10 or one to five. He always just picked random. On a scale of 174 to 219, how ready are you to be? 193. Yeah, right? Anyway. <laughs> Hey, what, what, did, what did I rate out of last time? Five? Yeah. I need to know uh, my yeah, you did out of five. So wait, so Laura, you said five out of ten. Five out of ten. And why why did you say five out of ten? Because wow. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't like the most amazing thing I've ever wow. read. I mean just it was good. It was right in the middle. Wow. <laughs> There's nothing. Because I didn't hate it. That was <laughs> last one. See. That's why I wanted to go first so everybody would forget what I said. <laughs> okay. Okay. Matt. So I mean, obviously, this is this is uh, it's a little bit different for me being a big Pit fan, and then um, hashtag bias. Hashtag bias <laughs> is real. Um, I I did really enjoy the book. Uh, liked reading about his story. It was, um, it was inspiring and it was motivating, especially going down to those little things like him waking up at 4 a.m. and I can barely wake up at eight. Um, <laughs> I would say that this gets a, uh, I give this a, a seven out of 10 for me. And I did, I did, out of five last time. So I'm, I'm willing to, to move things around. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Hey. Huh? Kaylee? What'd you say, Kaylee? Oh, I thought you said Gabe. I'm like, I heard I heard Gabe. Like, I heard. who's Gabe? My name's Eric. Shut your camera. 
Um, Gabe, come on out. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> laughing at Emily. <laughs> uh, 4.3 Holy out of five. And you know why? Out of five. Out of five. You know why I'm giving it so high? It's because, Spencer, I do think that this was significant. <laughs> or what did you ask? Did it? Did you take anything from it? I've been yeah. thinking about it since everyone told their pinnacle moment. And I thought, you know what? I feel like every time I feel like I have felt like I've had pinnacle moments, but I think to myself, don't enjoy it 100%. Because I always think you've peaked too soon. I always think that. But I think that. Go ahead. He's like, just totally enjoying it. Maybe I'll have a better life now. No. <laughs> a lot of pressure. 4.7. 4.7. 4. 4. Nice. It nice. Was, it got me thinking in a different way than the last. That's what one. matters. That's yeah. That is the mission statement of the Page Turners book. Is it? This it, it is, is now. Well, we just learned that. <laughs> yeah, what? Um, I will say. <laughs> one. What? One. No, I will not give it a one. <laughs> I will give it a four out of ten. Um, yeah, I know. I'm going the opposite of what Kaylee just said. Um, for me. <laughs> I'm just going to be, one, I have no tie to this man or Pittsburgh in any yes, way. Yes, you do. Besides Kaylee. Besides you Kaylee. So, what I knew, like, I was like, okay, I, I, it's, it's poorly paced in a, in a lot of ways, I think, mainly because he didn't, he didn't write the book. She did. And I think he wrote it, but he didn't write the book. Anyways, <laughs> um, his ideas. It's, it's his ideas. I mean, yes, essentially he wrote the book. So someone else just wrote it down for him. Anyways, um, I think that there's a lot of good things in this book. He says a lot of positive, encouraging, inspiring things, but I, to me, it's just a lot of the same that you hear in books like this. I've read a lot of, I've read a few, you know, sports players books and they're all kind of the same thing. Not, you know, not all of them went through this, which I think makes this one a little more interesting um, you know, because there are a lot of famous sports stars that are just like, yep, from the day I was born, I've just rode, rode the high life the whole way, you know. So I think it's nice to see someone that kind of came up from a, you know, a family that, you know, the mom had to work three jobs and, um, you know, he had to deal with being the little, uh, the little one out of everybody. So I think there's a, some very good things in this book, but overall, it's just, you know, it's okay. A it's a four out of 10 for me. Okay. It's all right. Do you, we can go. I, I I'd give it a two point five out of five. Two point five out of five. Or five out of ten, however you wanna. Yeah. I, I like I like the two point five. I like to make yeah. it. Yeah. Um same as Eric. I, I think um like I I, I love his story. Um <laughs> But I think just the pacing in general and the way it was written, um, super repetitive. And I was kind of like, all right, you know. Okay. So, um, yeah, 2.5. Web. I'm going to say five out of five, five out of 10. I mean, 
Five out of ten. Sorry. What the heck? I know. <laughs> that, that was a roller coaster. One hundred percent. No fifty. Hundred percent. Just fifty. Five out of ten. Um. But you guys like corrected me in a sense that he's just really telling his story mm -hmm. as opposed to, but it is marketed as a self-help book, but is it an effective self-help book as opposed to not taking away from his story? I just, I think this is a hard subject <laughs> to be, for it to be called fear is a choice. I don't know if that was resolved as much as I was comfortable with as it being a choice. I don't think I like the title. Yeah. If you're scared, then that means you're a little bitch. Agreed. <laughs> we didn't get into that, but anyway, five out of 10 for me. The ballet house. Uh, I think I would give it like a six out of 10. I didn't love it. Um, it wasn't anything like brand new to me or anything like that, like that I was reading. But like Andrew had been saying about how this is a really good book for somebody that has never thought about like emotional intelligence ever in their lives. Like that's, yes. that's good. So that's great for that audience, but like for somebody that has maybe like read these things before, like I don't think it's super helpful. Um, it's great that he shared his story. It's nice that it's about like the Pittsburgh area and stuff like that. Like I think that's cool, but it didn't really do a whole lot for me in general. But I think, I think overall for the general audience of the world, <laughs> it's probably an okay book. Okay. No. Yeah, I think I would say probably a seven out of ten, just because I could not relate with one single detail of his entire life, but I could still take away some kind of like more long-lasting like meaning or lesson I think from it. Like I read it very quickly, and I think at the time I thought like, um, you know, these are like kind of simple concepts that I already know. But I do think that I'll I'll think back to some of the things that he said in the coming weeks and like and like remember like the small things that he did and like check in on people that I haven't talked to in a while or kind of like check in with myself, you know. Um, so yeah, I like that. Very nice. And Drew, and of the hour, uh, I think I'm going to go with a six out of ten. Uh, I think it initiated good thinking um, and I think it initiated some pretty good conversation. I think the book itself uh, was rep was repetitive, uh, but it creates good conversation. Oh my God. That's <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, I would say a six out of 10. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Surface level. Yeah. It's no good, but once you get once you get digging deep, uh, page turner style, you'll be good. you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting to hear Brendan and Sarah's ratings, like who didn't have the conversation, because yeah. maybe maybe what we need to do 
is have a pre and post Ooh. conversation oh, rating. I know, I always want to rate it higher after oh, yeah. our discussion. We'll yeah. do that for the next time. Okay. I was thinking of my rating beforehand and I was thinking of two. <laughs> the conversation mm -hmm. changed it before you changed it but then my life changed i was about to say <laughs> or and then you yourself within the few seconds you were talking about it changed it to even higher i peaked today yeah you peaked today today was her <laughs> today right. really this feeling is, alive today too <laughs> for the audience at home please take the moment to say what you thought in your rate <laughs> in the comments great I thought that too, um, but Valier, uh, we are reading your choice next. Tell awesome. us a little bit, what, what is the book once again, and why did you pick this book for this book club? Oh. Wait, uh, wait, wait, called... wait, we have to save that for next week. <laughs> wait, what? That's what I was saying. The why did you pick well, it? The for our audience to listen along so they can read the book too. So we let them know what we're reading next. Yeah. What are we reading next? Yeah. What are we <laughs> well, the book is called The Crying of Lot 49 by mm -hmm. Thomas Pinchon. Okay. And what it, what it, why did you choose that book? Um, because I've heard that he is a very interesting uh, American, like modern American novelist. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that this book is one of his more accessible and shorter mm -hmm. books to get into. It was his second book that he ever wrote. And he's had like a pretty long career spanning, like, I think five decades at this point. So it seemed like a good, a good entry point into an author that I've never read before, but always been interested in. Boom. All right. Good answer. Interesting. I'm very excited. And uh, you all should be too. Uh, so thanks for joining us on, what are we saying? Chapter two or page two? <laughs> Something having to do with the book. Chap chapter two of, of the page turners. We'll see you next I, time. I, I, dot. <laughs> oh, shoot, I didn't press record. Uh, <laughs> oh, we gotta do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You're such a dad. Uh, all right. Well, this is good. Yeah. See you next time.